There are two scriptures readings. Um, the, first, the second one is Hebrews 13, verse 1 till 3. Um, so if you can already look that up and put your thumb into it. So it saves some. And then the first reading is in Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 till 18. This can be found on page 17. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Membra, while he was sit, sitting in the at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may wash, all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat, so you can be refreshed, and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three Seas of finest flour and knead it and bake it some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice, tender calf, and gave it to the servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds of, and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where's your wife Sarah? they asked him. There, in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind them. Abram and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out, and my Lord is old. Will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah love and said, Will I have a child now, I da- now I, that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not love. But he said, Yes, you did. When the man got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. The second reading can be found on page 1212. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison, as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are ill-treated, as if you yourself were suffering. 
<clears throat> so I was in um, Atlanta just uh, a few years uh, ago and um, um, enjoy visiting um, African-American Baptist churches. It's just fantastic. I, I really love uh, visiting them. And, and I discovered that uh, they don't allow their pastors to preach on his own. They actually interact and they, they are, the congregation preaches uh, with him. You know, you hear them <clears throat> saying yeah, in the middle of uh, the sermon, you say, come on now, I hear you. All right, all right, all right, come on. And uh, when he talks about some kind of scene or anything, somebody shouts, Lord, have mercy. And when he struggles to preach, they say, Lord, help him, help him, Lord, help him. So I, I, I know you are like that, and I'm not used to uh, this kind of congregation, so uh, please uh, kind of um, take it easy on me. Um, so, um, you know, you're living in a multicultural um, city uh, of Birmingham where you meet uh, different people every day. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, in this kind of context, I'm convinced that hospitality uh, would be, um, you know, biblical hospitality could be an instrument not only to help us reach out to others, but also to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. You see, biblical hospitality brings transformation not only to the guests, but also to the host. And, you know, uh, in, in, in big cities, uh, people find it very difficult to find someone who listens to them, uh, who, uh, someone who cares enough to go uh, to them, to know them, to, go, to know their story. Everyone is looking, everyone is trying to get their attention to sell them something. Not because they are interested in the, in the person, but also to, share, to, to sell uh, 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 something to them. And church could be one of many who comes or, or who tries to get people's attention to deliver something, to sell something, rather than be interested in that uh, individual. And people can be seen as an object to be read rather than a, a subject to be encountered. You know, you can, you can just see somebody and have your own opinion of that person, but you would never know who that person is, what is his story is, what his experience is, what his gifting or her gifting is, unless that person allows you or get that kind of a scenario where you have an encounter with him. You know, you, you meet some people and you, you kind of uh, uh, see their mind working. They have plenty of boxes in their mind and they're trying to put you in one of the boxes and you hear boxes opening up and they open one and then they close it. You don't fit there. And then you, they open another one and you are, in the meantime, you are talking, but they are not listening to you. They are trying to fit you in. And you, they find one box and they just put you in. You feel that, you know, you are getting inside. And then the, the lips is on and you are in one box. And after the, afterwards, that is how they see. But people are subjects to be encountered, not objects to be read. So, um, you know, so it's, it's, you, you can't be able to access or benefit from uh, people um, uh, unless, you, unless the person allows you to. Um, <clears throat> a few months ago, I was visiting uh, a friend of mine who um, uh, used to live in a, uh, who lives in a, a, a tower block, and uh, he, he was living in, in uh, um, uh, on the seventh floor. So to go to him, I 
um, I had to use a, a lift. So I was, I was approaching the lift. There was two other people standing there, and we, the lift was open, and we get inside. And as the lift was about to close, we saw one elderly man running to the lift. <clears throat> and then uh, we, you know, we wait for him, and he came in. And then uh, we, you know, the, inf- you know, the kind of the information that helps uh, the smooth running of the, the lift started to say the door is about to close, lift going up, first floor, the door is opening, the door is about to close, lift going up, second floor, third floor. This elderly man uh, had a, a, a deep sigh and he said, "These days, everyone and everything talks, but nobody listens." And I think it is very true. So hospitality facilitates for us to meet people and to listen uh, to people. It's our availability to encounter with others, which gives us an opportunity to share the gospel to others and also to discover ourselves. You know, where we are, what, what kind of heart we have, what kind of disciple of Jesus Christ we are. So, uh, so hospitality is transformational. And we are not, you know, um, uh, we are not doing this hospitality by our own strength or by our own uh, resource. That's why in Hebrews chapter, uh, this command came in the 13th chapter of the book. The whole 12th chapter, the writer was talking about who they are, the supremacy of their savior, the supremacy of their, their salvation, the supremacy of their position in Christ, and the resources that brought to them. And it is through that resource they are asked to fulfill that commitment. And every commandment in the New Testament, every uh, request for action, is actually usually comes after theological uh, narrative, after theological ex- explanation. If you read the Ephesians, um, you know Paul um, after. Uh, a theological explanation of uh, three chapters on the fourth chapter he said therefore as prisoners of the lord i urge you to live a, a life worthy of the calling you have received in romans the same thing after 11 chapter of explanation of who they are in christ the resources that is given to them and 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 then he says Therefore, because you have this grace, because God is with you, because you have the, the, the love of God in you, because you know God is your resource. He says, therefore, and then on the 13th uh, verse, he says, practice hospitality. And in Second Peter chapter 1, it's also the same. He says, his divine power has given you, given us everything we need for, godly, for, for life and godliness. So in, in, when we talk about hospitality, it is not a, a hospitality that's done by our own resources, by our own kindness. It is actually a flow that comes from our relationship with God. So we have, it, is, it is that. So as we connect with God, it is, it is, hospitality becomes easier uh, for us. Uh, so so um, theology, uh, if our theology is right, then our hospitality becomes Right, but the Hebrew, the Hebrews were uh, the, the people. The people um, uh, who was reading the Hebrew uh, later was in a, in a persecution. They were in a very difficult situation. And when you are in the difficult situation, when your circumstance is difficult, the one thing that you don't do is hospitality. 
But, uh, but um, the Hebrew writer is saying to them, even when you are in circumstances difficult, do not neglect hospitality. Do not neglect hospitality. And if you ask, why, that, why, is, why is it important? He says, because hospitality benefits both the host as well as the stranger. Some entertain angels experienced the visit of God when they were practicing hospitality. He's saying, you know, in hospitality, God is active. It's a spiritual practice where God is actively ministering to the host as well as to the stranger. So he says, even, so in fact, when you circumstance is difficult, that is actually when you, you, you should uh, reach out and be hospitable to others. But what is hospitality? So there's a, you know, hospitality is not an um, art of giving. It's an art of receiving. You know, in Britain, uh, we are very, uh, it's a giving, there's a giving culture. Uh, uh, Britain is a very generous uh, country, and I have never come across any country which has uh, this amount of charities that we have in Britain. And whenever there is a crisis in the world, you see uh, doctors from Britain, nurses from Britain, charity workers uh, from Britain, in a worse church, in a very risky situation, sacrificing themselves to, to, to save others. Giving is our culture. We, we love uh, giving. I, as I was saying to, to you, I came to this country with absolutely nothing. And, and, and what I have now, what I have now, I'm not ashamed to say it is by the grace of God and by the generosity of the British people. So there's a generosity, there is a giving culture in this country. But hospitality is not the art of giving. You see, giving, the, the, the giving doesn't communicate or convey the biblical understanding of hospitality. So in giving, what is required is your resource and your willingness to give. And giving could be an objective exercise without any subjective interaction. It can be done at arm's length. So it's one way. You give and without expecting to receive, without being willing to receive. And, and it could imply a position of power and perceived receiving as weakness. When you are in a culture of giving, when you are used to giving, receiving becomes, a, you, you start to see receiving as a powerless position to be. You don't, you know, receiving becomes a problem because receiving actually demands uh, uh, humility. Uh, it could involve sympathy, which could reinforce our power position and undermine others. It might not require subjective interaction, no story sharing. You know, hence no transformation takes place. There is no storytelling. There is no encounter. We don't get into the life of the person, and they don't, we don't allow them to, to um, get into our story. There isn't any transparency or, or sub- subjective interaction. It could be based on the assumption of what the stranger needs are. Without even, by just assuming, by looking at the person, without even asking them or, or getting to know that person, we assume their needs and we try to provide that to them. So it, couldn't, it, could, it doesn't end uh, in a purposeful partnership or friendship. It is, it, but that's not what biblical hospitality is. Biblical hospitality is the art of receiving, not the art of giving. In hospitality, receiving is giving. See, hospitality starts by receiving the person into our life, into our homes, and into our communities. It's interested on the individual and the person. Hospitality is given with open heart to receive the person and whatever gifts uh, he has. It makes personal encounter possible since it involves 
vulnerability. There's a sharing of stories. There is time um, being taken. It's impact, it impacts both the host as well as the guest. And receiving accepts the fact that as I, as I have something to offer, the, the, strangers have, the stranger has also something um, to offer. See, hospitality recognizes divine activity in human interaction. And that's what um, the Abraham's hospitality um, uh, plays a, a formative role throughout the centuries. In the story of Abraham and Sarah's hospitality in Genesis 18, um, um, you know, the, the, that's what the Hebrew writer was referring to. He was saying that um, uh, he had the, the story of Abraham uh, in mind when he was encouraging Christians, do not neglect hospitality because through it some have entertained angels without knowing it. So there are some principles I would like us to see from the story of Abraham about hospitality. Now, first of all, he was totally unaware that there was a divine presence in those three uh, uh, persons. He was sitting by the tent in an afternoon. It was a, a very uh, hot, hot, you know, it's, a, it's a, in, a, uh, in a hot country. It's a, 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 it's a, a hot uh, time. And they were trying to get shadow under the tree. And he saw them from a distance. And, he, you know, Abraham was, you know, totally unaware. And he, he left his tent to, to, to go to them. He took the first initiative. He didn't wait. They were in their need. They wanted it. They needed a shadow. They needed water. They needed to be treated the way he treated them. They were obviously hungry because he gave them actually plenty of food. And they ate. They, they were eating there for, for, for a while. And they were in the need. But he didn't wait for them to come to him. He actually took the first step. And he, uh, uh, he left the tent. He he's not just left the tent reluctantly. He actually ran towards them. He ran towards them. And then it's, it was really a surprise because he, he, when he get there, he prostrated himself before them. He bowed down before them. He, he, you know, he, said, he presented hospitality as if hospitality is a great honor to the host than the, 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 the strangers. He, 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 was, uh, he was, for him, receiving human being who is in, made in the image of God is receiving God himself. So he prostrated himself before them and he said, you know, please come to my house and, and you know, uh, get some water. Let me uh, provide water for, you, uh, for your feet and, and eat something. And that kind of, that kind of uh, you know, passionately understanding that there is, God is active in hospitality. So he, 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 t- he took them in and he started to serve them. He, he didn't even sit sat down. He was serving them. And so there is a, a service. There is humility in his approach. And, and he's, it's, it's as if he's entertaining God himself. It's as if he's entertaining, you know, he's, he, but without knowing that there is that divine presence, as the Hebrew writer was saying. And as they were eating and, and uh, washing their feet and, and all, uh, doing all, all sorts of things, they were having conversation. The story was t- told. They were t- having conversation. Maybe the journey or he was talking about the area where he was living in. That was a story. There was, communication was happening. They were eating together. There were laughter. And there were, you know, uh, maybe sadness uh, of a, a sad story. And as we know um, later, uh, later on, as God was sharing what, what was happening in sort 
Sodom and Gomorrah, obviously the heart of God was burdened by that issue. And in, in, there could be some kind of uh, a sadness in that story or, or joy as well. So there was that, that sharing. And in that sharing, <clears throat> the divine activity was present. And he was not looking uh, for his uh, needs to be met. He was not looking. He, there was a need in the house of Abraham. Uh, they didn't have a, 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 a child. And God started to minister to him, to his needs in that situation. Because God is active in the activity of hospitality. And the divine uh, activity was manifested. They ministered to his needs. The prophetic encounter happened. They spoke into his situation. The unexpected was happening. We, we make a habit of hospitality when we remember how much Jesus is present in practice. Our response are shaped by the knowledge that Christ comes to us in the strangest skies. While we see Christ in strangers and guests, hospitality allows, also allows us to act like Jesus to those guests. So that's what Jesus, Jesus said. You know, I, I, I have come and uh, are hungry and you fed me. And they were saying, when did we do that? When did we do that, Lord? And he said, when, when you feed the, the, the little ones, those ones, you are actually feeding me. So Jesus comes in disguise. He comes through people. He comes through uh, hum, human beings who are created in the image of God. So as we uh, see the, the likeness of Jesus, the, the image of God in them, and, and act uh, uh, in hospitality, people began to see the, the, the likeness of Jesus through our actions and through our, our interactions. Uh, and, 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 and afterwards, um, friendship was developed. They started to walk, and then they started talking, and then you know, the, uh, the, the three, God started to share uh, his heart to Abraham. And he said to him, how can I, I hide this from you? This is what is happening. And Abraham was saying, okay, Lord, what if this amount of righteousness are in there? So the conversation, so partnership was created. And they, they started to talk about one thing, they, to save that, that country, to, you know, to, to, for his grace and mercy. God, uh, Abraham was pleading. So he entered into partnership. So hospitality leads people into the vision that we are leading, into the, our, you know, what God has given us, into the burden that we have. It, it, become, it, it helps us to, have, uh, uh, to create a, a family, a friendship, and a sense of belongingness will be, will, 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 will be created in that. So friendship was developed and partnership was created. So, in, in, um, so as I said, in this kind of uh, city, hospitality could be instrumental to reach out to others as well as uh, to get to know ourselves and, and, to, and uh, because of the activity of God, transformation will take place. So to nurture hospitality, first of all, we need to recognize and remember that once we all were strangers to God, he saw us and ran towards us, embraced us, accepted us, and invited us to be part of his family. We know that we belong to this family. We never felt that we are the old one out or, or when there is a sense of belonging to the family of God. Because of his hospitality, because the way he accepted us. And this is the kind of hospitality we need to give to others until they genuinely feel that this is their family, without a doubt. And the second thing we need to do to nurture hospitality is to get to it together. And 
In the Bible, eating together is central to the practice of hospitality. It is seen as a place of communion where opportunity is created to enter into the story of the other and get to know them and vice versa. So as a result, friendships is made and strengthened. Love and hope are communicated and harmony is created and being recreated. It is around the table that we practice being with others rather than doing for others. You know, so uh, somebody said that it is a time when hospitality looks least like social services. Social services provide meet our might might give food to someone. But do there are so so many people, so many organizations who do something for others. What is missing is to be with, not to do for. So hospitality is to be with. So that eating together creates and helps us to be with others and to get to know them. And Jesus is reclaiming the world through communion. So hospitality, that's what hospitality provides. And the third thing we need to do to nurture hospitality is telling stories. You know, the nurture of hospitality as we share the story of Abraham, how hospitality was uh, uh, um, communicated in, in, in biblical times. And stories of Jesus' life, how he welcomed people indiscriminately, how he fed thousands, how he made breakfast for his friends. So creating a space where stories are shared facilitates for genuine encounter, which clears uh, preconceived ideas about the stranger, opening up the community for habitual hospitality. So through sharing stories and gifts, transformation takes place, impacts both the host as well as the guests. And the fourth thing we need to uh, do to nurture hospitality among us is a space to receive the gift of the stranger. See, to create a sense of community, there should be a shared experience. At times, the shared experience to be the experience of the majority. So the, the, so the, the, the minority uh, might feel left out while they are doing what, what, uh, t- uh, things together because there isn't any kind of shared experience. It is in hospitality that we create a space for, to share that experience, to allow people to share their story, to identify their gifts and, and, allow, and make, create a space for that gift to be exercised. In that uh, uh, situation, we began to uh, have that shared experience. The story creates shared experience. We get to know the people. So making that space, and in, it is hospitality which facilitates a platform where the stories, gifts, and skills of the stranger are identified, received, and experienced, and vice versa. When that happens, the stranger feels that she belongs to the community. So to belong is to act as an investor, owner, and player of the community. And hospitality channels the transformation in the life and relationship of the stranger as well as the host. We are called to be hospitable. And hospitality is the art of receiving, not the art of giving. I believe as we open up our hearts, as we open up our homes and our communities, uh, uh, people will start to, we will start to see the, the likeness of Christ, Christ's likeness um, through our actions. And we begin to, um, our message becomes relevant and our message becomes be uh, demonstrated in, 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 in action. Uh, our concern and a heart for Christ would be uh, shown 
to people. If there are some of you here that have never had the experience of the hospitality of Christ, Christ uh, embraces people. Christ calls you to his kingdom, to his life. And he's, he's uh, ultimate, um, uh, uh, you see in Christ ultimate hospitality. He, he uh, paid for that hospitality and he wanted to embrace you and, and include you into his, into his family. Shall we um, uh, stand and, and pray uh, together? Don't neglect the practice of hospitality. Through that, some entertained angels. Let's open our hearts to God and say to him, Lord, I'm available um, by your grace, by your power, by your presence to reach out to others, to be open up, to open myself, um, not only just to give, but to receive them, to receive from them. Father, we thank you Once we were strangers, you came to us, you embraced us, you called us into your family. We are your family. We are uh, in your family, Lord. I, I, we, we are, uh, we are, you are our God. You are our Father. And Jesus, you actually said that you are our brother. Lord, thank you for this family. Thank you for us to know that we are part of this family. Lord, we just pray as we live and do and work in this city uh, where there's multicultural uh, people from different countries, people from different backgrounds. Father, where people are lonely and depressed and lost. Father, would you please, Lord, that uh, um, uh, grant us the grace and the sensitivity and the heart, Father, to reach out to those people, to be available for them, Lord, to not just to do something for them, but to be with them. Lord, where, where people are um, seeking someone to listen to them, will you encourage us and help us, Lord, and equip us to listen to others? And as we listen, Lord, our listening actually communicates who we are, communicates your grace, communicates your love, and, and embrace others. Lord, so we pray, Lord, that you may grant us the grace and, and the power uh, to be hospitable, to practice hospitality. And I thank you for what you are doing in this church. I thank you for what you're doing in this city. Lord, ignite our hearts with the uh, fire of the gospel, Lord Jesus, and, and release your fire upon the city. Father, your, your spirit, Lord, let there be a revival, let there be a harvest, Lord Jesus and raise men and women of God to reach out uh, to the people of this city. And we thank you for your faithfulness and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.